This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Today I'm going to talk about perseverance, both the blessing and the strength of persevering in the Lord. Before I get into that topic, I'd just like to remind you of a few things. First, if you'd like to contact me, have any thoughts about what you'd like me to talk about or what I have said, and you want to criticize me, feel free to write to me at the email address ancientpaths@cantrell.cc. Also, I'll remind you that I have a YouTube channel. Just search on YouTube for Ask for the Ancient Paths. All of the content that is here on the podcast feed is also on the YouTube channel. Though one of the benefits of the YouTube channel is that you can search for topics by playlists. And I'm looking at the YouTube channel right now, and I can see... I'll just give you a few playlists. I did a series on two kingdoms. The contrast between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. Not too long ago, I finished six talks on a biblical perspective on money. I have four talks on the covenants. And if you haven't heard that or would like to revisit it, please do. That's been very, very foundational for me to understand which of the covenants apply to New Testament followers of the Messiah. There are five covenants in the Bible. And uh, two that we really know a lot about or have heard a lot about is the Mosaic Law, the Old Covenant, and the New Covenant. I've also got a series of eight talks called As He Leads. And these are episodes where I just turn on the microphone and I pray and see if God has something for me to share with whoever is listening at the time. And uh, if you just want to listen to Words that come, I think, from the Lord. I certainly submit them to you for that. Uh, And some teaching on the prophetic gift, what it means today. You could look up that series, As He Leads. I did a series on love and unity. If you're going through a hard time, I did a series on peace in Christ in times of trouble. I've got one playlist on the YouTube channel called Storytime. That's when I tell different stories. And actually today I'm going to tell a few stories related to perseverance. I've done a series called God's Character and Promises. There are six episodes there. I did three episodes on the prophetic gift. What is the prophetic gift in the Old Testament? How does it differ from the prophetic gift in the New Testament? And then how does it apply today, if it applies today? And then I've got a series called Favorites, and I've just chosen some of my favorite talks. You could go through there at the YouTube channel and hunt around for that. And just one other thing to remind you of in case you've forgotten or haven't heard or are new to my talks. The music that you hear comes from an album that I recorded, and the album is entitled Sanctuary. So wherever you get your digital music, Apple Music or Spotify, just Look up Sanctuary, or you can look me up as an artist, Michael Cantrell. I think there's another artist named Michael Cantrell, and he's got an album that, well, I can't remember what it's about, but you'll know me when you see it. I actually have two albums there, Sanctuary and Invocation. So you can look those up if you like. And now I'll get into this topic of perseverance. 
recently my wife, Olga, talked about the lessons that she has learned through the past year. The last 12 months have been quite a challenge. And my wife shared what she's been learning. And then recently I've had conversations with several people in different contexts. And one of the common themes has been perseverance. And I believe that I've learned some lessons about perseverance. I'm certainly not perfect in it by any means. But I want to talk about the power and the blessing of perseverance. Some of you right now are going through some hard times, and I want to encourage you. Hopefully what I share today will give you something to hang on to as you press on in the Lord. Others of you listening may know someone who needs to persevere in something, and you can encourage them, perhaps, with the things I'm going to share here. In Hebrews 10, the writer is writing to Christians who have been suffering quite a bit. The topic of suffering pops up a few times in Hebrews. And in Hebrews 10, starting in verse 32, we read, Remember those earlier days after you received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him, says the Lord. In verse 39, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Right now, our family may be facing the confiscation of property because of political circumstances. Can we face that joyfully? <laughs> Boy, the Lord gives us opportunities to learn really good lessons. And the writer of Hebrews is encouraging believers who are going through very, very hard times. And I want to point out, because of their obedience, this is a key thing, because they are believers, they suffer certain things. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, you press on, don't shrink back. Destruction awaits those who shrink away. But press on, believe, be saved, live by faith. And that's a really good word. That's very encouraging. And again, I'll repeat verse 39. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. So belief and perseverance and salvation are all linked up together. A few days ago, I was talking with a young couple. They're going through a pretty hard time. I imagine that they're listening right now, and I hope I get the details correct. They are in the process, we hope, of adopting twins. And those twins are pretty much a handful. And the whole process of adopting, of being foster parents, there have been a lot of ups and downs. And they remarked to me that I had said something a while ago that they keep coming back to. And I'll tell you about that again. I know I'm repeating myself, but some things do bear repeating, I think. There have been times in my life when the Lord let me come right to the end of myself in circumstances that were so challenging and so difficult because of my obedience to him, because I was where he wanted me to be. He would let me come to the end, and I'd go, God, I can't take anymore. It's so hard. And then he would let it 
go a little longer, that difficult circumstance, that pressure, that hardship. And my idea is that he would let it go about 10% further than I thought I could manage. And then the pressure would relieve. And then we'd come up on that cycle again. And I'd get now to this next marker of where I would say, God, I can't handle it anymore. Well, this is 10% further than the last time I went through this. I'd get to that point and he'd let it keep going. Another 10% past what I thought was my capacity to bear hardship. Then the pressure would relieve. And over the last 20-something years, that's been a pretty good cycle of training for me. And this past year, we've been through things that I could not have imagined were bearable when I first started in this walk with God. He uses these circumstances to train us so that we will become more like Jesus. And he knows our capacity to bear hardship better than we do. And so this young couple that I mentioned Uh, They told me that sometimes they're going through something pretty hard, and they'll say, well, I guess this is that 10% right now. (laughs) They'd remind each other that God is going to let them go 10% past their breaking point because it's not their breaking point, and he knows that. So I was really encouraged by that. Uh, First of all, that somebody actually listens to what I'm saying, and, and it's encouraging and helping them to press through things. So I encourage you, you persevere. If you are coming to the end of your ability to bear things. You just wait and persevere. Let the Lord take it 10% further, 20% further. He knows what you can do. I'll talk a little bit later about how he helps us, but you persevere. You press on. Another story that I have goes back to when I first moved overseas. I was sent with a mission organization, and I might have shared this story, but I kind of doubt that I have, at least in these talks. When I got overseas, pretty quickly, a series of relationships that I thought were key and vital and foundational to my work overseas, those relationships began to falter and then fail. And some people said some pretty bad things about me. And I thought that I was probably going to be removed from my work. And I was pretty upset and sad, especially since these relationships had been so important to me. And I was talking to a friend of mine in Russia, a long-term missionary. And as I was telling him about all the trouble I was facing, the accusations that were coming against me, which I believe to be unfounded, and I still believe 95% of them were unfounded. But as I was telling him about this and all the trouble that I had, he, excuse me for the language here, it's not terrible, but it's a little abrupt. He looked at me and he said, Mike, You need to flush that toilet. That was my spiritual advice from this long-term missionary. He had seen things like this happen before, and his advice was to just break with all those people. Just leave it all behind and move on. So he was a man, he was a man that I listen to and trust. And when he said that, in my spirit I thought, well, no, that's not what I think God wants of me. I don't think I should just close all those doors, burn all those bridges, and then start something fresh overseas that I needed to press through. I needed to go ahead and continue and let things work out and trust God to work things out well. And I did. I uh, replied to these accusations. Then I was recalled to the United States to have a meeting with the board of directors of the mission, uh, at which I was pretty confident I was going to be dismissed. And it turned out 
that the board was seeing what I was seeing, and they sided with me in these conflicts. And some of those relationships with those board members continue today, 25 years later or so. And that was an example to me that even though I had this advice in my heart, I felt like the Lord was saying that I need to persevere. I need to press through. I shouldn't just give up because things are really hurting me. Even when I receive that advice from somebody that I really trust, if somebody gives you advice, you submit it to the Lord. You seek the will of God. I'm so glad that I did not cut off those relationships because I am doing what I'm doing now because of that moment of perseverance, that few weeks where I pressed through and addressed these issues straight on instead of just closing that door or lowering the lid on the toilet, I guess. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, that was an example of I think God probably let me go far more than 10% beyond what I thought I could bear. He let it go probably 25 or 30% past what I thought. Oh, boy. Yeah, we can laugh at it because there are good lessons to learn there. But now I know that these things do happen, and they've happened since the beginning of the church. There were sharp disagreements among disciples, and they had to part ways at different times, and then they come back together reconciled. But the important thing here is perseverance, and I'm so glad, so thankful that God spoke clearly and gave me the grace and the power to persevere. Another story I want to tell rings with me, and I've shared it with some other missionaries in the past as they get to their breaking points. Uh, But I think it'll apply to many who are listening right now as well. Oh, I went to a conference of the Free Methodist Church in Europe. It was in Budapest, Hungary. And at this conference, there were many, many different fellowships, congregations represented all across Europe, uh, Central Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe. And it was remarkable to see all of these believers with such different cultures, all different languages, coming together and having fellowship, enjoying each other's company. And the couple that were overseeing that work, they had been missionaries in Hungary from America, probably at that point for 20 or 30 years. And they were the leaders, uh, the people that were counseling and guiding and helping plant all these churches. And at the meeting, the man got up and shared a story that has really, really stuck with me. And he's standing in front of a room full of hundreds of believers. And there's such good fellowship and there's such a variety of culture, like I said, and language. Uh, One of the teams got up and did a, a local dance in the worship song. And they were islanders. I don't even know what island they're from. It was really beautiful. And he said that when he and his wife first landed in Hungary, there were two times when they got to the point where they said to each other, because of the hardships and the difficulties they're facing, they said, tomorrow we are going to buy airplane tickets and we're going to return to America. This is just too hard. So it happened one time and they said, tomorrow we're going to buy those tickets. Well, they got up the next day, and they didn't buy the tickets. (laughs) They persevered. They continued on. And then sometime later, the same thing came up, and it was so hard. And they said, we're done with this. We're out. Tomorrow, we're going to buy the tickets to go to America. And he didn't buy the tickets. And as he was telling this story, you could just see that he was um, so full of love and so full of gratitude. And he said, if we had bought the tickets... I would have missed this. 
and he held his hands out towards all the people that were there gathered together. And that really touched me. If they had bought the tickets, if they had just given up and gone home, they would have missed that beautiful blessing of all those relationships and all that goodness that was there. They would have missed it. And that encouraged me. That was pretty early on. That was maybe 20 years ago. And I've often thought about that and actually what he said. He said, if I'd bought the tickets, I would have missed this. And then he said to the people, so don't buy the tickets. (laughs) And I have said that to people who have been going through very hard things. I've told them that story. And I'll say, don't buy the tickets. Because if you buy the tickets and you go home, if you go back, You're going to miss a blessing that's up ahead that's unimaginable to you. If we persevere, we can walk into blessing. And the way into that blessing is often through suffering. Uh, That's what Elizabeth Elliot would say is the gateway to joy. The things that we suffer are a gateway into the joy of God. Well, that reminds me of a story. I actually don't have it here on my notes I was in Africa in the Democratic Republic of Congo a while ago uh, with a long-term missionary friend of mine and some other people from the United States who wanted to be missionaries. And they were an older couple who were now retiring. And the husband in the couple said to my friend that he really wanted to live the kind of life that my friend lives. Well, my friend planted a church in Congo. He lived in Ukraine and Russia, spent a lot of time in Sweden. Now the church that he planted in Congo is, I think, 15 or 16 sister churches all together across eastern Congo. And my friend, he suffered terribly as he planted those churches and got malaria, was held at gunpoint. They were running gun battles outside his house, and they had a cast iron bathtub, and so they would put their two children in the bathtub, and they would lay on the floor. They couldn't all four of them fit in the bathtub, so... They put the kids in the bathtub in hopes that if a bullet came through the house, it wouldn't kill the children, though it might hit the parents. He suffered a lot. And this American guy who is now retiring and had his retirement in his nice house said, you know, I want to be like you. I want to do the kind of things that you do. And Mike's response was, well, you have to suffer. To see the fruit that we see, the suffering is a necessary part of that fruit. And as far as I know, that man was not willing to suffer in that way. He wanted to see the fruit. He wanted to be a part of something cool and big and active with a lot of fruit. And it was really interesting work. But the suffering was the necessary ingredient. So be willing to let God push you 10% beyond where you can break. Don't flush that toilet and don't buy the tickets. Be willing to suffer. Now I know people who've been chewed up and spit out on the mission field. I know quite a few people like that. They get overseas and the pressures are hard. There are people in their home cultures who get chewed up and spit out by the pressures. They leave the church. They walk away from faith because things get really, really hard. Now, part of that is bad teaching. Some people have been taught that God wants us to be happy and promises that we'll be happy. And then when something happens and they're not happy, they think that God has dropped his side of the bargain. And of course, God doesn't promise that we'll be happy in this world. He does promise that he's going to make us more like Jesus. He promises that he'll make us holy, but he doesn't promise us happiness continuously. Uh, We can have deep joy in the middle of very hard circumstances. That's the more mature attitude. 
But as I said, I've known people that got chewed up and spit out, and they've fled in pain. Some have purchased the tickets and returned home. And some of those people, I believe, have missed really great blessings that were waiting for them if they had only persevered. And and I've really grieved when I've seen people hurt and beat down and so sad, and then they just they basically give up. And there are reasons to fall back, certainly. I've felt all of these in my time, and I'm so thankful that God has given me the grace not to buy the tickets. But there are reasons that people fall back. Uh, fear is certainly one. Weariness, confusion, pain. And I don't mean to minimize the pain and the hardship that we face. Uh, sometimes life is very very hard, very hard. The reason the Lord lets us go through hard things is so that we will be like Jesus and the Lord himself. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The purpose of all of these hard things is so that we'll enter into life, eternal life. And that process of stripping away ourselves where we can surrender and let go and then let God do what he wants to do in us Uh, Sometimes those circumstances are painful, very, very painful. And the Lord has provision for all of these things that would uh, tempt us to pull back. Fear, weariness, confusion, pain. He has provision for this issue of fear. He says, fear not, for I am with you. I'll talk more about fear in a future episode. That's been a lesson God's been teaching me, how we can choose to be fearless And God says, fear not. Jesus himself, the Messiah, says, I am with you. Some people pull back because of weariness. Amen. Man, I know what that weariness is. Just to be worn out and at the very end of myself. And honestly, sometimes or often, God really lets us get to that point where we are just completely lacking in energy so that then his power can begin to work within us and be evident as his power and his power alone. He has provision for weariness. People can leave because they're confused. Oh my goodness, I've been in so many circumstances where I've been completely confused and wondering what is going on. And God has provision for that. In James, the word says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And God will give that wisdom without finding fault. And when we ask, we shouldn't doubt. Because if we doubt, then we're like a wave in the sea. We're just thrown back and forth. Well, there's the provision for confusion. We ask for wisdom. We do not doubt that God will give it to us. And then we wait for him to give us clarity. The circumstances may not change at all. Elizabeth Elliot says, The secret is Christ in you not you in different circumstances. You know, honestly, those confused circumstances will linger. Circumstances may not change at all, but God will give us wisdom. We may not have real clarity about exactly what's going on, but he'll show us how to navigate through it. He makes provision for that in his own wisdom. Some people pull back because of pain, emotional pain, deep confusion, spiritual pain. God has provision for that as well. He is the healer of all. He's this great physician. And if you'll notice this provision that God has for everything, fear, weariness, confusion, pain, any other thing that might tempt
tempt us to pull back or not persevere? The answer is Christ himself. The answer is not in his teachings or not in a philosophy of life. The answer is in him. In Christ, we find the remedy. In abiding, we will have fearlessness and strength and clarity and healing in him. So there's the danger, and this is what I think I've seen as some people have not persevered, is the idea that I need to get better so that I can return to my relationship with God. I need to get healed. I'll go away. I'll pull back so that I can continue with God a little bit later. And, of course, the response to that is, God is your healing. We abide in the Lord and allow him to make us better instead of trying to pull away. Now, uh, some of you may have already had this thought, and I want to address it. We should not persevere out of pride or pig-headedness. I know people that get involved in ministry, and it's really kind of a sense of pride, or they're going to build their own kingdom, and they just keep going regardless of wise counsel or regardless of how the Lord is leading. They're just going to keep going, and that can lead to destruction. Our perseverance should be the result of our obedience, of our abiding in the Lord. The Lord may call me to step away from something, or he may call me to stay in it, even though it's very painful at times. There have been times when God has called me to step away from a very, very difficult situation. I should look this up, but I won't right now. A couple of the Proverbs say something like, a wise man sees trouble coming and he goes the other way. And there are times in life when it's wisdom to say, if I keep going down this path, it's going to be hard. And there's no reason to go into that. God doesn't want me to enter into that battle. So you pray and say, Lord, do you want me to go into it or not? Again, our perseverance should be the result of our obedience. He's the head. I'm not. He is your head. You're not your head. These decisions are his. If I've not heard him guide me in a different direction, then I need to persevere. That's the attitude I take. If he hasn't called me to change direction, then I'm not going to change direction. But at every step of the way, that's what abiding is, is to listen for him and walk with him. And if he hasn't called me to go in a different direction, if he's calling me to persevere and press through hard things, then he promises to give the power to press through. I guess I'll wrap up a little bit now. There's so much that can be said about perseverance. On my heart right now, for you as you're listening, is to encourage you to persevere and press through. God knows your capacity to persevere more than you know your capacity to persevere. If you're seeking advice from other people, always submit that advice to the Lord. We want to hear the voice of God through his word, through our own prayer time. Some people I know receive revelation through dreams, through counsel that we receive from godly people. All of that has to be submitted to the Lord in obedience to him and abiding in him. So press on. Don't give up. Because there is power in perseverance. And there is great blessing in perseverance. Don't buy the tickets. Don't give up and go back. Don't turn your eyes away from your Lord and Savior. He is your rock and your refuge. He will give you power to persevere beyond what you think that you have and beyond what you actually have. 
That's where we want to live, in the miraculous, where His power is moving us through life, through the blessed, joyful times and through the hard times through which we must persevere. Don't buy the tickets. You may miss an incredible blessing that is unimaginable to you. Well, friends, until the next time, I do pray that God will move in your hearts so that you and I will die to ourselves. He said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, that person must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So let's do these things. Let's deny self. Let's be willing to walk into a time of suffering because of our relationship with God. And by all means, let's move with Him. Let's walk with our teacher. He's our rabbi. He is the wise one. Let's live with Him and walk with Him and obey the commands He gives us and persevere in the things to which He calls us. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you for listening, and God bless you all.